This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We give you all the viral stories that are just about to drop. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. If you keep scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and you're never gonna stop, then please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. From stupid songs and dances, all the cultural advances, we will cover them from bottom to the top. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, I promise you'll appease our please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. Hi, I'm EJ Dixon. And I'm Brittany Spanos. Welcome to Don't Let This Flop. A podcast about TikTok and internet culture brought to you by Rolling Stone. So this was a, a very, a, a wild little news week that we've had. <laughs> it was a wild news week. Too, I would say too wild. I would go so far as to say too, too wild of a news week. Yeah, I would, I would say too much was going on. I feel exactly. like whoever mapped out this week um, gave up, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, you know what? Let's just throw everything at the wall. And and see what happens. Their Google cow got too full. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was a little it was a little too much. So I mean, let's start with one that I've it sort of reached apex this week, but it's mm-hmm. something that like I've been following for a few months. So if you've been on the same side of the internet that I've been on, you've probably seen a burgeoning conspiracy floating around that Queen Elizabeth is dead. The first time I saw it was around the holidays, and she had delivered her annual Christmas message from the palace, and many of the comments were immediately trying to figure out if it was a deep fake or not. So it's like this big conspiracy theory that, that Queen Elizabeth has been dead for months now, and I don't, like, I, I don't know how many months people think it is. I think everyone sort of has a different theory, and it's, kind, it's semi-jokey, but of course it's an internet conspiracy theory, so um, it's not always jokey, but... The idea is that the palace is like covering this up um, and like soft launching her death. So things heated up when it was announced that the queen had made it official for her son, Prince Charles's wife, Camilla Parker Bowles, to become queen consort after she passes. And of course, this seemed like even more of a soft launch to the conspiracy theorists that then was made seemingly official by a COVID-19 diagnosis soon after. So here's my question. Yes. My question is why? Like, what do the conspiracy theorists think the well, royal family has to benefit from by, like, soft-launching her death? That's the other thing. So it's, like, again, like, the theory has been mostly jokey. Like, it's been people being, like, um, you know, she just, like, hasn't been around as much. Like, it seems like it's just, like, it's, like, a mostly jokey theory. Um, again, there is a small pocket of the internet where I've seen take it too seriously. But I would say it's mostly jokey. So there is no, there's no real reason there's no like real basis that and like that's why it's kind of remained so jokey for so long is that it's like there is no reason for them to do it. Um, I have seen some people be like it's like, you know, I don't know, like there's like stuff that they need to do or just like it's easier than like, I don't know. I don't know. It's it doesn't make any sense, but it's just a theory that is out there. Do I Did believe this extend- it? Sure. <laughs> Did this extend to, to Philip as well? Um, oh, Before Philip died? Yeah, people had thought that Philip was dead for years. I mean, we saw pictures of him. He looked like a, a walking corpse. That man was yeah. not alive. 
See that I would be more inclined to believe yeah. for exactly that that reason. Like he looked like they were weakened at Bernieing him. Yeah. So all of this took a, a massive turn this week mm-hmm. because we have had Hollywood Unlocked enter the chat. So Hollywood, and what is Hollywood Unlocked? Hollywood Unlocked is a celebrity news site run by Jason Lean, not of Mallrats fame, sadly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, it's kind of a, a gossipy site. It's sort of just like a lot of celebrity news. It's not a hard news site. Um, but on February it's 22nd... It's mostly like, like black celebrities, right? Yeah, it's kind of like in the same sort of circles like Bossip. So people were sort of like comparing it to the idea of like if Bossip had announced... Um, you know, a major news event. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so it's, it's not, and they, they also would not, I don't know, there's no, like, it's not a British site. Like, it's just no part of it makes sense as to why all of this happened the way it did happen this week. So on February 22nd, the site posted an exclusive news item claiming that the queen was due to attend British Vogue EIC Edward Einenfall's wedding, but was instead found dead. And it's literally just exclusive. The queen is dead. And in the hours following this report, many were super skeptical, of course, given Hollywood Unlocks gossip bent and then a follow-up press release from Kensington Palace stating that it was untrue. So, of course, though, Jason Lee, the founder of Hollywood Unlocked, stood by his sources and reporting repeatedly, even posting a notes app statement reaffirming what had been posted on Hollywood Unlocked. So he was very, he had tweeted about it. Like, he was very much like, I trust my sources. This is real. Um... I have been told that the queen is dead from the people at this wedding that was happening. He doubled down. He doubled down. He tripled Mm -hmm. down. It was like the tweet and then he did the notes app. He stood by this. That was like, I, I, I can't stress enough what a ballsy move that is for, for literally so many reasons. Like, first of all, no journalistic publication would keep a story online for that long without revealing, like, something about how it had been reported and, like, who was corroborating this well, information. Well, they did. If so many people yeah. were... But what did they... Okay, so what? this is what happened. Um, in the story, it's basically sources close to the royal kingdom, right? Or, like, the... Well, royal kingdom is the use, but that's not even, like, the way that they call it. Anyway. The royal family. But they had called it royal kingdom mm-hmm. in the story, which is very funny. Um, <laughs> like and, it's a Disney movie. I know. <laughs> So basically, Jason's source was someone at the wedding who received a tearful phone call about the queen being dead. Um, So this is when things get even more complicated because that sort of becomes what unfolds next and like how we sort of like learn, allegedly learn more about how this news was reported and what happened. So BuzzFeed did a deep dive into what the fuck went down with this Hollywood Unlocked exclusive And according to their reporting, they kind of dig into what happened at the wedding. And it was allegedly a a guest who witnessed this phone call that another guest had. um, Mm -hmm. And the idea that the queen, again, was supposed to be at this British Vogue EIC wedding that was happening. And, like, that's how they found out that she had passed. Um, But BuzzFeed source claims that the emotional guest was actually reacting to news that Queen to the Stone Age singer Mark Lanigan had passed, which had been reported out of Ireland that same day. So the idea so was, was like third hand, third hand, and also like the Queen thing. But even that, even that report is still, I don't know, it's still kind of like a messy report um, on BuzzFeed's part where they kind of make the assumption, like they sort of are putting stuff together where they are making mm-hmm. now the assumption 
Um, this is coming from like another like a another UK source, like nameless UK source, that there was a connection because there was people who liked rock music and had some sort of connection to 90s rock and early 2000s rock, that that is why it was Mark Lanigan that the guest was re- was reacting to. And it's just, you know, that it's, that also seems sort of, it's all, it all seems sort of messy and like very unconfirmed on everyone's part about what this tearful phone call that allegedly happened was reacting to. Um, and they also use a phone call between the Queen and Prime Minister Boris Johnson as further proof that she's alive. But of course there's, you know, there is no other proof other than like the palace being like there was a, a phone call. So it's like everything is so grain of salt with this in the same way that anything with the Royals it like are, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just, everything is so messy. Um, but it is very funny that it was somehow like Queens of the Stone Age, um, potentially being the misunderstanding of the queen being dead. It kind of just seems like a leap that like somebody would be reacting to the death of, like, just imagine, like, the other side of that call. Like, what would that person have to be saying? Like, what? The queens of the Stone Age died. Right. It's a, you it's, know? <laughs> it's, all, it's all messy. So every part of these reports are are kind of messy. And again, it's just coming from nameless UK sources <laughs> who, like, may or may not have been at this wedding. Um, none of it <laughs> makes sense. Like, like it's it's... It's funny because it's just like the even like the BuzzFeed report is still kind of as messy as the Hollywood Unlocked report in terms of sourcing. <laughs> like, how is the royal family not like legally threatening Hollywood? Like, nobody wants to go up against the royal family in any capacity. Well, we don't know. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. I mm-hmm. I feel like because Hollywood Unlocked is, I mean, the royal family's litigious, but they're also like I don't know, they're not super insane about it. Like, Hollywood Unlocked is probably not on the radar. This isn't the New York Times reporting it. Like, this is a, go- a random gossip site that people are are already not taking seriously. Um, I would say the majority of people online still find it silly, and it, no one picked up the news. Like, there wasn't... Um, no one could confirm it. Like, you know, it was not spread widely. Um, people weren't... People weren't taking it seriously, so I feel like it's... E- because it didn't spread widely and it wasn't like other places were picking up this news like the daily mail even wasn't picking it up like i feel like they it's not on their radar mm-hmm. um but i did i i also one of my favorite conspiracy conspiracy theories about the conspiracy theory was that megan markle <laughs> like was the one to leak it to hollywood unlocked um so that a black news site could get the news first that the queen died <laughs> And th- and this was after she gave the Oprah interview last year where she was talking about how a, an unidentified member of the royal family yeah. was like, concerned about what color her baby's skin was. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be a great... F- I love I know. that theory. I love, love, love that theory. Because also it makes sense that she would be at that wedding. Um, so that's, like... That's the other thing is, like, I don't know. I don't be- I don't buy that the queen was going to be at this, this, like, fashion editor's wedding. Like, I mean, Edward is a huge deal. He's a big deal. But, like, I don't know. The queen doesn't make a lot of public... She's not, like, someone... She's not like someone who just like shows up at weddings. Like like the like Obamas are people who like show up at weddings, right? Like they're like sort of like the relatable kind of like, you know, like dignitaries that show up at things. But like the queen doesn't just show up at weddings. She doesn't show up at many things. So Hollywood Unlocked kept its story up for days, but it issued a retraction last weekend. The headline was something like fact check 10 reasons why we believed our story that the queen had died. 
In it, Lee said, although I've never been wrong when breaking a story because this involves the queen, this is one time I would want to be. And based on Wednesday's report from the palace, I can say my sources got this wrong and I sincerely apologize to the queen and the royal family. One thing's for sure, and this week has been a win for vengeful Princess Di stands, who still populate all corners of the internet. So when the news actually does break, whenever that happens, could be next week, could be years from now, we can definitely be certain that they'll have the most fun with it. Like this Princess Di stan who um, uses a video of Queen Elizabeth cutting a cake to to make a, a comment on Princess Di's behalf. I think I might just put a knife in. I think that's a really good idea. That's exactly what the fuck you did to Princess Diana's back, you funky pussy bitch. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's do Obsessed. We haven't done that in a while. No, I don't think you understand. I'm obsessed. Um, so normally I would not consider being horny um, a life hack in itself. But I have been persuaded by this woman, Madeline Chalk, who posted a TikTok dip video. Actually, she's got like a whole... She's got about like 20 of these, like a series of TikTok videos detailing her theory that everybody should have exactly five crushes at any given time. It means that at any point while you're single and dating, you should be able to rattle off the five names of your five crushes. And yes, it has to be exactly five, no more, no less. I'll explain why later. As you can see, there's a spectrum. A crush can be anybody from a coworker that you flirt with occasionally, all the way down to someone that you're seeing regularly, but maybe you haven't had the exclusivity talk yet. So basically, this is the theory. Um, Everyone should have five crushes at any given time. A crush doesn't have to be like, extreme in fact it's better if it's not it could be anyone from a coworker to a barista who serves you coffee every day to a promising hinge match um it should be somebody that you don't have like a deep emotional attachment to and basically her reasoning is that if you have exactly five crushes you don't invest all of your emotional energy into one person you have a crush on so you're less likely to do things like obsess or ignore red flags etc like if you have five crushes then you take dating in general a lot less seriously and it's a lot more fun. And before you ask, you can have like a number one crush. Um, You can have somebody who's like at the top, at the top of the list, but you can't forget about the other four. That's crucial until you know where you stand with number one, until you like are basically like in a monogamous committed relationship with number one. So how do you feel about this theory? I... I like it. I feel like it's like, you know, I feel like it works pretty well. I feel I I think even trying to like think of I feel like I've never like counted how many crushes I have. At t- I feel like I always have a lot of crushes at once. So like I like the idea of like structure to it, you know, in that sense where it's kind of like this idea of like having like that set sort of 
group of crushes that you have at one time. But I like it. I like it. I feel like dating should sort of, um, I know, be fun. And I feel like that helps make it more fun and less stressful. What do you think of it? Yeah, I think it's a great idea for for single people. But I also think it's a great idea for for people in committed relationships, too, which she doesn't really talk about. Like, I've been married for five years and I still have like, you know, extremely casual i i don't i don't know if i would go so far as to call them crushes but like there are people i see you know bump into who like i think are hot and they never extend beyond like oh i think this person is hot these aren't people like i know super well um i like often i don't even know their full names and my husband and i he's in the next room (laughs) (laughs) while i'm talking right now so i feel a little weird talking about this in front of him but I mean, we're extremely open about like other people we find attractive. Yeah. And and I, I honestly think that's like healthy yeah. for a relationship. Like not to say my relationship is like a paragon of like strength and, and but emotional fortitude. It's like normal. But it's a, Yeah, it's very normal. I, think, I, yeah. I, 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 I can't stand when people in relationships are like, oh, you like think other people are hot and you and your husband talk about that. Like doesn't don't they get jealous? Like, no, it's literally like the least emotional investment in the world to say like oh that person it's such like a toxic way of looking at it because i think it creates like the idea that you like you enter a relationship and you never have any sort of attraction towards another human again like that's just not how it works like that's just like not how life works like you know you can think someone's hot or you can think someone's cool and like have that crush on them in that way but like you know that's just it's perfectly fine like it just i don't know i think it forces people to feel like jealousy is the only mode of monogamy or like the only way to like make it work is to like be jealous of the idea that your partner has other crushes so yeah it makes sense that even no matter how long you're married like you're gonna have like other crushes or find other people attractive like it's just normal it's just like what happens people are hot it's such a traditionalist way of looking at like i've had so many friends over the years especially coming from the midwest and like coming from like a place where all of there's like so much shame around the idea of like dating around or so much shame around the idea of like, I don't know, like porn or anything. Like I, I like it was just like so toxic all the time where I just like see like, I don't know, people I know just get so like mortified and jealous at the fact that they like were dating people who had exes or dating people who had like, you know, any sort of sexual like attraction to anything or like, I don't know. It's just like calm down. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, who the fuck cares? Yeah, like, if your boyfriend finds Megan Fox hot, like, so does everyone in the fucking world. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's It shows, it's really a reflection of, like, deep internalized shame and insecurity. Yeah, it's, if so, you it's feel that very way. much about insecurity. It's very much like, yeah, it's just like a lot of the ways that we're taught to look at sex and think about sex, where it's, like, meant to be this, like, puritanical form. But it's just, like... I don't know. People are horny. Let people be horny. I don't know. I can't imagine. Let people be horny. I can't imagine like shaming a partner for like watching porn or like watching like or like having a crush on like a celebrity or someone else. Like just like, I don't know. Don't be a dick about it. And we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Like if they're as long as like as long as they're not like comparing you like as long as they're not being like, I wish you like looked more like, you know, Kim Kardashian. Yeah, yeah, as long as it doesn't infiltrate, like, your actual real-world relationship yeah. in any way, which it almost never does. Right. Like, almost never. Then it's, like, I think it's a sign of stability, yeah. honestly. Like, in a relationship, if you're open enough to say that you're attracted to other people, as long as it doesn't go further than Open that. and secure enough to, to do that. Yeah. 
Um, so I guess we're going to talk about our five crushes. <laughs> I know. I've been thinking about it. I like don't even think I have five crushes. I have like one really big crush. And then I have like a couple of like little crushes, I guess. So it's like, I feel like I've already failed at the five crush theory. So you have the number one. You have your MVP. Yeah. And then I have, I have like one guy, one guy I'm like talking to on mm-hmm. like, through an app, not Raya, sadly, which is annoying. Um, <laughs> just useless to me. It's not John Mayer. Yeah. Um, or Matthew Perry. Not, um, I have a Twitter crush. Um, I have like, I don't know. I have like a, I guess a crush on like an old fling where we're like friendly now, but I'm like, oh, that's not allowed. That's not allowed. You can't do that. Oh, well. It can't be an ex. It can't be anybody that you have an emotional attachment well, it's not, to. It was, there are all these like requirements it's not, that she, that she lays It's not out. like an emotional attachment though. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I don't know. We hooked up years ago and then we are friends. Now I'm like, oh, that's a cute crush. That's about it. I think that's five. That's probably five in total. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm failing at it right now. I feel like my mine can be divided into um, Twitter crushes and like dog parent crushes, which is really like a very sad reflection of how limited my <laughs> social sphere is. Um, like because that's literally all the only interactions I have are with people on social yeah. media or walking my dog. Um, yeah, there's a guy in my building who's cute, who I don't even know his name, (laughs) which I think is the perfect crush. Oh, um, I do have a barista crush. crush. That's the other one. There's which, where do they work? Where do they work? A a coffee shop near my apartment. I'm not going to dox where I live, but (laughs) do you talk, do you talk or is it when I get my coffee? I always look insane when I go show up there though. I very rarely look cute. That's the thing. Like I show up in like, like yoga pants and a giant sweater and my hair in a bun one time i showed up in a bonnet i really was giving up that day i was having a bad day <laughs> <laughs> i had like a bonnet and like a hoodie on <laughs> i was just like yeah, i think that's smart. can i count jack harlow's on my crushes because i do think that if we no, met, no it can't be celebrities okay but i it do think that if we met we'd fall in love <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand like i think that about like half of the celebrities that are like famous i just i think that today. like Jack Harlow is more attainable than he should be to me. I feel that way about Timothy Chalamet, except like me 10 years ago. Yeah. Like if I met Timothy Chalamet 10 years ago, like I am convinced that we would have, well, 15 years ago because I was with my husband 10 years ago. Yeah. Not that we have to stick with the parameters of like reality yeah. for this, but like I am convinced I would have dated Timothy Chalamet when I was like in my late teens. Yeah. yeah I th- and I, and I, that might be a toxic trait, but like, I think it's, I think it's good to love yourself. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like, you know, if me and Jack Harlow met, if I were in the audience at one of his concerts, he would immediately see me and fall in love. Like I just I don't know. I just something about it. I just know. Do you do you do you have like a Wattpad account where you <laughs> I don't need a Wattpad when right. it's my reality, EJ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to write fan fiction when this is actually gonna happen. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so as Brittany mentioned earlier. A lot of news this week. Too much, arguably. Mm-hmm. The other major thing that happened this week is that Russia invaded Ukraine. And um, everyone is absolutely terrified because yeah. we could potentially be on the verge of World War Three. But don't worry, 
because the celebs are on it. Dear President Vladimir Putin, I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. If I was your mother, you would have been so loved, held in the arms of joyous light. Unfortunately, Hollywood Unlocked did not break the news of... Listen, I'm telling you, there's going to be a New Yorker profile on them in six months. I guarantee. Yeah. yeah. I guarantee he's going to be vindicated. Yeah. But Annalyn McCord of 90210 reboot fame, which I did not watch. I don't know if you watched it. I watched um, like maybe a couple episodes in the first season. I did not make it through beyond that. It was quite terrible. Yeah. Um, I do remember her showing up like I, I would Pinterest a lot of her outfits because she wore very like an indie sleaze. She was like an indie sleaze poster girl mm-hmm. for like six months in 2009, 2010. She would wear like the ripped tights and the, yeah. you know, slinky tops and stuff. So I remember pinning a lot of her outfits, yeah. but completely had forgotten about her up until now. And she posted this spoken word poem envisioning what the world would have been like had she been Putin's mother. Sure. <laughs> sure. This is so confusing to me. I mean, the thing that's most confusing to me is why this is still up. The tweet is still up. Well, okay. Did you did you go through her Twitter and Instagram like I did yesterday? I did. I did. Yes, a little. Okay. Bit. I. I don't. You probably did more. I did. I watched every video. That's just a <laughs> lot of content that she makes. So she wrote a um, a poem about if she were president, and it was about after it was like after George Floyd had been shot, and it was like. Mm-hmm this poem about how if she were president, she would sit down with Derek Chauvin who shot George Floyd and like reprimand him and explain to him. Are you serious? And explain to him why he like what he did was awful and explain racism to him. Um, So that was another video she did. There was another video that was called hashtag and slavery. And do you want to guess what the slavery she was talking about is? So I know she's an anti-trafficking activist, so I'm assuming, is, is it like porn or sex work or something no, related to that? No, it was about that? the slavery of the mind. Um, ah, <laughs> that's so much better. The video, well, the thing is, I was so confused because it's like pinned on her profile and the video itself is like her giving um, like a talk somewhere and she's like talking, it, it starts off her talking about her sexual trauma, but then she's talking about like, being glad she was raped and how like she's like learned to sort of like I don't know like not have shame around these things and then so the end slavery was I thought it would eventually get to human trafficking because that is a big part of what she like Mm -hmm. does now is sort of like do like activism around that but it was not at all and it was just like a lot of the video is really awful it's like like it's like clips of her with just like black and brown children um, and hugging them and teaching them yoga. And then it's her talking about ending the slavery of the mind. And I was like, mm, this is, uh, it was certainly a choice. And then I watched a lot of her, her Instagram videos. She has a lot of poems. She loves, she loves a poem. Um, I went deep into it. I sort of just like had a, a deep Annalyn McCord spiral. So this is her brand now. Like she's pivoted from being like a 2010s, it girl to being like a problematic white savior. Yeah, she. It seems like she's had like a spirituality journey, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I think she's also struggled with a lot of like trauma and PTSD in her life, and sort of like has found herself on this like activism 
journey um, that has led her to writing bad poems for Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, I mean, that there, there's part of this that really, like, I feel kind of bad making fun of her, that she's being roasted so much because, you know, it, like you mentioned, she has gone through a lot of trauma. Like, she's been very open about, like, having dissociative identity disorder and, um, you know, all the sexual trauma that she's been through. And it does seem like her heart is in the right place. Like, looking... That that video is so earnest, you know? Like, watching yeah. that, like, you can tell that she, like, really felt... She yeah, really feels it, very strongly about things. Why does it rhyme? I was like, not this Dr. Seuss, oh, the places you'll go. Because she's not Putin. a good poet. She's not a good poet, Brittany. She's not <sighs> a good writer. Rough. But, yeah. you know, not not everybody can be Amanda Gorman. Not, not everybody yeah. can be Michael Collins. Those are literally the only two poets I know. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was roasted. That tweet has, like, I think, like, 150,000 quote tweets, which is never good. Um, yeah. Because I guess, you know, anyone who sees headlines about Putin invading Ukraine and thinks, you know, the world would have been better if I had been Putin's mother needs to be taken down a few pegs. But, yeah. like, it's far from the only cringe reaction that a celebrity had. Oh, yeah. To the news. I mean, the celebs were truly at it again. The celebs were at it again. Andy Cohen. I think the Andy Cohen thing was worse, honestly. Oh, the the yeah, that was embarrassing on so many levels. When he posted the, the Instagram story of... Um, Wordle, his Wordle guess, which he didn't even enter, so it wasn't a real See, guess. It's when like I muted, when I muted Wordle on Twitter, I knew this would be the the conclusion that we would get to. You foresaw something this? about it. I just, I also just like, I hate games, so I didn't want to see everyone's Wordle <laughs> tweets all the time. But like, <laughs> I was just like, you know what? This is going to lead to something embarrassing, and it did. This was the this was the ultimate culmination. Peace, peace. Thank you. I think that was worse Thank than you, the Emily McCord poem i think arguably john senna who is following me on twitter by the way i just found out yeah i don't i don't fucking know why i don't know what he could have seen about my content I, that he would I have love been that like, you, i also love your pronunci- pronunciation sounds so john senna i can't pronounce anything i mean anybody who listens to this podcast knows that like i do not pronounce and, I was and like, I don't do the research. John senna? no no i was just like who's john how senna? do you pronounce his name cena i only know this because my friend had a huge crush on him in middle school and i had to go see the movie the marine that he was in and then i also had to listen to his rap album a lot um and watch wwe with her because she was in love with him is his rap album better than the rocks um debut it's pretty similar styles yeah i would stylistically. imagine i was um, thinking about this under the, the same day. genre like if they went on tour together they could make a watch the throne of um former wrestlers turn rappers but this was like when he was still wrestling like this was before he like became sort of a mainstream star. He is in this show called Peacemaker now, which I don't care about because I don't care about the Marvel universe, like even in the slightest. Yeah. Um, but it's on HBO Max. And he made a tweet promoting the show Peacemaker in the context of wishing the world could be more peaceful. And he used the hashtag. And I think that's arguably like, I, I don't know. I mean, that you like why use the invasion yeah. of the Ukraine as like a branding attempt? Like that's grosser than the poem to me. I did recently have a jump scare with Peacemaker because I went to HBO Max and you know how HBO Max, the app kind of is like bad on, on yeah. TVs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, doesn't always work. I was trying to watch Euphoria and I thought I was hitting play on Euphoria and then the screen changed to Peacemaker right as, as I was hitting play. Oh no. And then it started playing Peacemaker and I was like, 
this is not euphoria. <laughs> what and was it? Was he so like mad. jumping out of a, a plane or something? I don't know. I literally was just like, I need to turn this off as quickly as possible. <laughs> and then because it was HBO Max, it took like 20 minutes to get out and actually watch euphoria. That's awful. I'm sorry. That sounds like a horrible experience. It's been a tough week with me and John Cena and Peacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of get it. Like I, I do feel like celebrities are in a tough spot when you know, these these national or global catastrophes happen because if they don't yeah. if they don't say anything, then they're accused of being complicit. But if they do, yeah. then they're accused of talking about something that they don't know about. So there's really like a very fine line they have to walk. It's it, there is so much more of a demand in the last few years, and especially like with social media and like the idea of like being in touch with what's happening globally and the idea that everyone needs to make a statement. Um I kind of I kind of liked when celebrities didn't say anything. I miss it. I'm I'm nostalgic for like the pre-Trump years where I just didn't know where anyone stood on anything. Like it was kind of nice. Like cuz I I always think of that like But um, you're nosy, Brittany. You like you're I'm nosy. You're nosy. But I'm you want to know, like, don't you? I just I I miss my peace, you know. <laughs> like where's where's the peacemaker giving me back my my peace of mind cuz I would love it. Um <laughs> But yeah, who made, I think it was like, I don't know who made that joke where it was like, like no one was asking jaw rules take on, on 9-11 or something like that always goes by. I was just like, like, I don't, I don't need it. Like, I don't, I don't need any, any further takes. The best tweets from like, that was, ha- well, it's like the best and worst. It was like so cringy when it was happening, but like the weekend tweeted, let's go mm-hmm. in all caps, like literally as like the push notifications were coming in about a war starting and it was to promote like he was like about to make a big announcement and then it took him like three hours to finally be like oh sorry like unfortunately i did not realize I love that because he clearly um, had no fucking idea everybody else in the world well he yeah, was watching yeah. with bated breath and he was, didn't fucking care he was like i all he cared about was his, I, his new music drop i love that i think that's that's what was like makes it funny instead of being sort of just like so mortifying because it was just like very clear that he like this tweet was either scheduled or he just kind of was like he opened Twitter just to post that and he had been teasing this announcement already for like I think it's for some like film that he's doing and he even teased this announcement for like 24 hours and it just like happened to be the time that he was going to drop something and it's just like all caps let's go and it's a push notification from the New York Times that um, Russia has invaded Ukraine so it was not it was just it was just it was I mean, it was also really funny. And, you you know, people were mad at him, but like you shouldn't cancel somebody for being self-absorbed. Like all celebrities are self-absorbed. Yeah, I don't. I But again, like, I also don't think it was like a matter of like the news was literally rolling in as he was tweeting it. Like I missed all the news because I was in class and then I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then that's what was happening. I. I just want to go back to the time. Um, to the the before times when celebrities could get away with not weighing in on social issues. And I want to challenge that perspective a little bit because had had that not changed, we wouldn't have gotten Vanessa Hudgens' coked up rant about Coachella being canceled yeah. because of COVID. People are going to die. Which is terrible. But, but isn't that... But also... Even if everybody gets it, like... Yeah, people are gonna die. It's just terrible, but like inevitable. That was a cultural <laughs> fucking reset. 
It really was. And you hate Vanessa Hutchins. I do. I can't. I can't. I mean, I do feel very I have like kind of like an earnest opinion about this. Like I I do feel that celebrities, especially now, like especially post Trump, if you do not use your platform to weigh in on injustices that you see happening in the world, like I think that's negligent. You know, yeah. I do. I th- I think that celebrities should be thoughtful about that. Um, yeah. And, you know, even if the, if it's a little cringe sometimes and even if it comes out a little fucked up sometimes like it did with Anna Lynn McCord, like I appreciate that she tried, you yeah. know, I appreciate that she's thinking about these things um, versus every other, you know, like Addison Ray who just continued to post SpawnCon on Instagram. Like, I, I guess yeah. I see both sides to it, but I, I sort of fall on the side that like celebrities should be weighing in on these things, even if it does look, you know, a little yeah. uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day... Honestly, I think everyone should just take a page from Cher's book and just tweet uh. caps lock nonsense and a string of emojis all the time because you can't get canceled if no one knows what you're talking about. Exactly. I mean, she is she is the queen. So let's do himbo. Let, let's let's lighten the mood. Let's go to himbo. <laughs> So I know we've talked about Euphoria so much already this year, but how can we not? It's taken Mm. over the internet each week, whether it's behind the scenes drama, endless discussion of the plot or memes, so many memes. Um, The most shocking part of the season is who has stood out to the fans as opposed to last season, which has been like a lot of shifts in terms of like which characters and also the actors playing them have become very popular this season. So, like, a lot of previously minor characters have been bumped up in the storytelling, building budding fandoms around them. Like, last season, everyone hated Maude Apatow's stiff Lexi performance, and now she's Queen Bee for the TikTok kids. And her character's budding new love interest, the slow-talking and earnest drug dealer Fezco, has become the new internet boyfriend. So, our himbo of the week is finally going to Angus Cloud, a man who has taken over my life. Whether he's posting his unhinged live tweets of Euphoria on Sunday night or being goofy and seemingly completely oblivious to his own fame, consider me charmed by this adorable little ginger. The first time being recognized by a fan, they was like, hey, are you from Euphoria? And I said, uh, no, I'm from Oakland, but I wasn't the show yet. He's so hot. He's so hot. He seems very sweet. Um, and I, I, you know, he's also like, so similar to the actual character that he's playing in terms of just like how he kind of functions. I find that also very endearing. Yeah. He's just kind of like a very, he seems like a very earnest guy. Yeah. Very, very sweet. I'm very happy for his success. So congrats to you, Angus cloud with that old ass name. You are our himbo of the week. Mazel tov Angus. Come on the podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop This Week in TikTok, brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network. Written and hosted by me, Brittany Spanos, and EJ Dixon. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Chelsea, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul. Edited by Dan Stein. And original music composed by Daniel Mertzlaff. 